Welcome to the 757 Connection, the best way to stay connected in your community. From the lens of the youth, we'll give our best take on what's going on. My name is Caleb. My name is Henry. And we are the, the 757, 757 Connection. Connection. We have a special guest for you all today. We have Mr. Daryl Redman, who is uh, doing a lot of good work when it comes to the violence that we see in our communities, uh, when it comes to um, the youth and even adults. Um, he's been He's a part of a... Um, nonprofit that we're gonna let him talk about. But Q, introduce yourself and some of the things that you do. Yes, my name is Daryl Redman. Me, I am just an ordinary person from the community. I made a lot of bad decisions in my life um, that we can get into whenever y'all want to get into it. But I spent over 25 years of my life incarcerated. So when you talk about being disruptive, not listening, doing things like that, however. What I always knew is that I had the ability to influence people. Mm. I was the person that people always followed behind. However, I never knew how to actually lead from a perspective that was productive. I led from a perspective that was counterproductive. Mm. But now, after serving that time, I'm out in the community, I have an organization, Get Back to the Block, and what I do is I go inside communities that um, uh, usually underprivileged and provide them with resources and opportunities to change because with the right tools and mechanics we can become that gem and that diamond that a lot of people think that doesn't shine. Now, uh, just looking uh, a little bit about your uh, your nonprofit here, uh, what are some things that you may see um, working with these communities when it comes to um, like a day-to-day -day type thing? One of the biggest things that I see that isn't given inside our communities that can help us as a whole thrive is addressing trauma. Mm -hmm. Inside our communities, mental health is something that doesn't be talked about. Right. We want to shy away and run away from mental health. Me, I was a person that went through a lot in my life, seen a lot, was exposed to a lot in my life, was exposed to murders at young ages, so I became desensitized to emotion. Mm -hmm. So becoming detached and desensitized to emotion allowed me to not have a feeling. So a lot of the things I've done was because I didn't know how to feel. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't given that tool of mental health, understanding, addressing that underlying trauma. Because when underlying trauma isn't addressed, we become a Coke bottle that shook up. So as soon as the top comes, it's just gonna explode and bust open. Because I don't know how to process what I'm actually going through. So I'm reacting instead of responding. Responding takes thought. Reaction takes emotion. That's good. Sorry. Uh, tell me a little bit about why you started this nonprofit. Um, the reason that made me start, um, ironically, I didn't even come about it to think about doing it as a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Like I say, I spent over 25 years of my life incarcerated. And while I was incarcerated, I started seeing a lot of the younger people come in prison. And it was like when I was seeing them come in, I was seeing. It was people moms that I probably sold cocaine to. It was people dads I sold cocaine to. It probably was somebody family that I shot, or whatever the case. And then I started seeing them coming in. And as I got in there, I started saying, what part did I play in this person becoming in here with me? If I sold the drugs and I took the money out of your house, that means that I was the reason that you probably went out there and got a grand loss in the charge, stealing to get some food. So I had to go deeper within myself and start to look myself in the mirror and say, the problem isn't everybody else. The problem is you. Right. A lot of us can't face our own self in the mirror. Right. So when I came home, 
my duty was to myself. I say, I'm going to go back into the community and I just want to give back. I already know that everybody looks up to me in a certain type of way. I already got this type of ego and image and that people see. However, while I was incarcerated, I lost the dearest person to me in my life, which was my grandma. So now it's like, what do I do? Do I come back and I continue to be in a sense of negative, negative behaviors? Or do I come make it better? And my grandmother was a giver. So I just came out and I just was like, I just want to get back to the block. And what's ironic is I journaled my last four years in prison. So I took one hour a day my last four years and I said, right, whatever in my mind. Some days it was, man, it's great, it's blessed, everything okay. But some days it was like, I hate everybody in here. I hope they die. Like, I just wrote my feelings. Right. And what I tell people is whatever goes in you has to come out of you. So writing it was only allowing me to get my emotions out so that I can continue to progress and grow. But ironically, one of my journals, when I came home, my son was actually reading it. And it's in there that I wrote, I want to come home and get back to the block. And that's how Get Back to the Block started. I was just doing it. And some people got around me and like, why don't you do it as a nonprofit? I was like, I don't want to do it as a nonprofit because it's not about money to me. It's about the people. But ironically, it just blew. I've been, if you name it, I've been from with Wallow and Gilly. I've been with Meek Mills. I've been with Pusha, like if you name them. So I go around because everybody in any hood what is our goal? Even when we out there and doing the things we doing, we want to make sure our community okay. So we want to get back to the block. So whatever block you in in the world, somebody want to get back to it because we was deprived. That's good. Now I like the the story behind it, and I feel like once you, you know take a look at yourself and you uh, you know analyze yourself, you learn stuff about yourself that can also benefit other people. So I think that's good. Um, and in terms of your you know your organization you're doing a lot of good stuff so i'm glad that you know you're being highlighted i know you don't do it for the recognition but i know i'm glad that you're getting the highlighting that you um, are receiving this is really good work being done but uh we want to turn the floor over to you um for an open dialogue piece um one thing that i always say and i when i speak to youth and young adults i always say this and the reason why I got this shirt on is because this is the slogan with our organization. Because I deal with, first of all, let me back up. I came home June 10th, 2019. June 12th, I was in the community giving, I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm everywhere. I've been in the area hood. I, if you name it, I've been there. Stay in Portsmouth, but I've been everywhere. But my thing is, I know that, first of all, I take responsibility for a lot of the things that you all go through. And the reason why I say that is because for 25 years of my life, I wasn't here to be an example of what people can be and what people can become. So I left my kids as well as I left community of people that was already following me. But now I can't change my past, but however, I will rewrite my future. When I left the streets, I had 50 different names. Today, I only go by Daryl Red. I don't even identify with my old names. When I heard people call me my old names, I know they stuck in my old behavior. 
So the reason why I go by Daryl Redman is because I want to take back my name. A lot of times when we put nicknames and labels and stigmas, we become that name that we are. And I had a lot of names that if they say them, people already know what it is. But I change. And a slogan that we adapted with our organization because I deal with anybody who shot, killed, the murder and Portsmouth, I go to every single crime scene. Ironically, I was just there two days ago. I had to bury my three-year-old nephew who died from a gun just laying around inside the house. So I had to bury my three-year-old nephew. Um, I've been home now three and a half years. I spoke at at least 65 funerals with youth under the ages of 24. I see it every day. I get called to the shootings that actually happened over here too that we bought to start partnering with the things over here. But what it is, is I'm tired of seeing our youth and young adults dying. We have to value life. And the slogan with our organization is we put on, uh, when people say sliding on the op, I tell people the real op in life is opportunity. So you have to slide on the op. Opportunities can change your life. I was given an opportunity while I was in prison. I, like I said before, I always had leadership ability, but I was given the opportunity to learn something different, to utilize the influence I had in another way. And what happened was I went from driving expensive cars, having all the jewelry, having the lifestyle that people think about, right? Because a lot of stuff we do, we do it for a lifestyle. But now I got the same thing with no problems. So opportunity put me in rooms the opposition would have never allowed me to get in. So when we say a person is the op, you're saying that person is your opposition. But I tell people the only opposition, the only op we have in our life for real, who in here know their biggest hate, biggest hater? Everybody got a hater on me. But guess who your biggest hater is, actually? We our own biggest hater. The reason I say that is because we get in our own mind and we start to place blame anywhere besides where it starts at. A lot of us as people can't get up in the morning and look ourselves in the mirror. So what we do? We go around and inflict pain. We inflict harm. We're going to talk about somebody. We are going to deflect whatever we're dealing with to make ourselves feel okay when all actuality, we ain't happy with ourselves. Anybody agree? And I'm going to tell y'all, I still do it. I still struggle with it at times now. I get upset now or something might happen and first thing I said, man, them people this or man, they hating or whatever the case. But if we put our energy and thought more on ourselves, because a lot of times we worry about something outside of us or somebody else more than we worry about ourselves. And if we focus more on us, with me before I left, and it's sitting around here, I done been in them. Portsmouth, North Virginia, everybody, everybody love me. But now I ride around most of the time by myself. 
I was just talking to y'all teacher before you came here. I got five people that I consider my close friends in my life. And four of them I met in prison. I got brothers and sisters, but I'm closer than some of the people I've been in prison with, closer than my own family. So sometimes we have to understand who actually has our best interests. Because I know I mentor, I mentor at least 400 to 500 kids. I done seen so many on murder. One of the kids I mentor actually was just murdered um, two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. I called her. Two days ago. Coming out of Dunkin' Donuts, 50 shots, broad daylight. 50 shots. Broad daylight. So we're dealing with that, but... I know a lot of people deal with those situations. But what I fight for on the other side is a lot of times they ask me, why do youth and young adults have guns? And this when I come to y'all defense. I tell them the reason why they got guns is the same reason you got a gun. Because they inside a community that don't feel safe in. But we have the opportunity to learn something, get in positions to actually understand what to do with currency. I don't even like to talk about money because money is paper that they burn every single day that we die for. We die for money. We die for money. Money is paper. They burn it every single day. But what are we doing with currency? A lot of people live for Friday. I teach all my young people that I mentor. We live for Friday. Because why? We get paid and we want to go out and spend money. We continue to be consumers. Stock market open Monday morning. Most people waiting to see what you did the weekend and wake up Monday morning to see how much you spent. I read a book when I was in prison. Rich dead, poor dead. And if y'all don't got it, I'll get it for y'all, whoever want it. But it, it gave me something in there that I take with me every single day when it talks about currency. It say, treat your money like a job, make it work for you. <laughs> Most of us don't let our money work for us. And we wonder why we impoverished. Me, I got all the designer. You name it, I got it. But guess what? I don't even wear it no more. Might wear their blue moon. I wear my own brand because I'm me. My clothes don't define me. Balenciagos don't define me. Gucci don't define me. You know who Gucci is? Gucci is you. Gucci is you. Prada is you. Mark Jacob is you. Just a person that put their name on something that we spend all this money for. So why don't you become the next person that somebody's spending $400, $500 for you? So we have to become branders of ourselves and create our own generational wealth and stop being consumers of other people who the communities that we live in, when we buy something from Mark Jacob or Balenciaga or even Joy, he ain't putting them back in your community. But we'll walk right past somebody who's going to put something back inside our own communities. We have to start working together 
We have to work in a sense of community. I talk about community in a lot of places I go. Because community me is a compound word. It's communication and it's unity. A lot of times we got people that's talking or we got people that's hanging together, but we don't got people that's talking together. So we hate on ourselves. Every single person that you encounter in life is a potential interview to take you to your next level in life. Do y'all understand what I mean when I say that? Yes. Because when you walk in places, you speak to people, you greet people, because you don't know if that person right there is the next person that can take you to your next level in life. I've been home, like I say, almost four years. But I've been in front of more people. I've been around more capital, which is capital, is like real money, than the average person who's been out here their whole life. Any of y'all run track? Anybody in here do track and field? You, you run track? What do you run? Huh? You haven't been to a meet yet? What do you run though? Do you run or do you do, uh, you run? Ironically. Anybody who got a phone real quick, I want somebody to Google something real quick. One person get their phone out. I want somebody to Google LaShawn Murray. I need somebody to Google that person for me real quick. LaShawn Murray. Hey. LaShawn Murray is an Olympian from the city of Portsmouth that do track and field. Ironically, you do track. LaShawn Murray is my little cousin. Hmm. LaShawn Murray is my little cousin. I'll show y'all the picture in a minute. But my cousin played football his whole life. Played football and baseball his whole life. Junior year of high school, he was running so good, the track coach told him to come out and just run. He said, oh, I don't want to do track. He went to the meet. He wasn't even in the meet. He just out there. So he ran in warm-ups. When he ran in warm-ups, he ran a record number that people had never ran in the state. So he started running track his junior year. Ran junior year, broke a lot of records. Ran senior year, broke a lot of records. Got a full-ride scholarship to ECU. That's East Carolina University. He ran one meet at ECU University and got a multi-million dollar contract with Nike. My cousin been signed with Nike Professional with Nike for 17 years. Reason why you see me with a lot of Jordans on because I don't pay for them. My cousin ain't never paid for a pair of Jordans. But it goes to opportunities, putting yourself in a room, and being open to being comfortable being uncomfortable. You never know what your next calling is, what your next move is. Y'all can pass that around. That's me and him right there, and that's me with a few his medals. Y'all can pass that around. But he's Olympian. That's crazy. He know him. He just retired, so I'm trying to get him to start coming back. And he come in with his medals, so we're going to try to do some uh, track camps. And with you doing track, we'll definitely get with you. But, yeah, it's about being open to people and different opportunities. Because a lot of times, a lot of times what we do as people is we stay around circles that we the brightest person in the circle. A lot of times we hang around people that we the smartest person in the group we in. 
with me, I, I always got a thing with me now. If I'm one of the top three smartest people in a group or a room on me, I don't even want to be in it. Because if I'm the smartest person or the next two smartest people, how far can I go? So, I'm just here that whatever y'all feel, however y'all feel, can do your podcast. I want to extend you an invitation too, because I got a um I got a black event Sunday that I'm doing an event at Hampton um, Historic Post Office. Mm-hmm. And if you want to bring your podcast through, you're more than free to come do whatever type of filming you want there. Appreciate it. Because it's about providing opportunities to our people. We'll be a lot of the political people that actually need to hear your voice in the room. So I do this because I like to bring you all to the rooms I'm in. So you all can tell the people what y'all need. I be around y'all because y'all teach me more than I actually teach y'all. I just help navigate what y'all already know. Because I was a person who had the same skills and ability. Now I just needed somebody to help me navigate so that's what I'm more of a navigator. And with you with track, you ain't track. You know, do you know one thing you gotta do with track? Do you like running track? No. But you fast. I wouldn't say I'm fast, I wouldn't say I'm slow. I mean, would you say would you say with the right technique you can do something? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put you in front of Somebody who was a gold medal. But one thing I'm asking you is, how your grades? But what I'm gonna ask you to this is now, I'm gonna get with you because I see that you got a lot of potential. I can already tell. But sometimes you just need people to help you navigate that potential. I was a person, when I was in the class, I did everything I wanted to do, however, the whole class followed me. If I jumped up in the class and did something crazy, the whole class going to jump up and do it with me. But do you know if you have any of those traits and qualities, you can move a mountain and everything will come behind you. So I want to thank you all for y'all time and y'all podcast. And anything y'all want, man, I'm here. Thank you, Mr. Rivers. I want to remind our listeners that you're never too young to make a change.